lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour here. It's a beautiful Saturday morning in downtown Atlanta. Uh, we've got a few things going on today. I've got an important guest I want to get to, but first thing I want to do is uh, let you know that this is show number 898. Well, that means that we have, uh, in two more weeks, we'll be doing our 100th program. And in searching for an interesting uh, guest, I decided what we would do is we'll have a little contest between the GeorgiaCarry.org members. I'm going to state a number today, three or four times, and what you need to do as a member of Georgia Carry, you need to use that number as the subject of an email sent to me, jhenry at georgiacarry.org, with your name and address and contact information on it so that I can get back to you. And uh, about a week from Wednesday, we will be drawing out two names, and those two people will be allowed to come into the program and be my guests that week. And I think it'll be fun. The number is one eight three zero six four one. One eight three zero six four one. That will be the subject uh, line for the email sent to me. If it's not in there, you don't get counted. So today I am here with uh, a good friend of ours, a good friend of the gun people, uh, God Guns and uh, Gravely, <laughs> Micah Gravely, uh, our uh, state representative from uh, Paulding County, I believe, District 67. Yes, District 67, Douglas and Paulding County. Douglas and Paulding County. It's part of Douglas, not all of Douglas, is it? It's the western half of Douglas. Okay. I knew the southern was... part of Paulding. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to be with us here today. Uh, Micah has supported us in uh, in everything that we've done. He's voted for every bill that we've put out. He's also a big supporter, which we'll talk about, too, of uh, first responders, firemen and, and policemen. And, and that's a very important thing in, in my way of, of uh, looking at this world today. We Amen. need those people, and, and we need them badly, and we need them to be safe out there. And we need uh, that some of this garbage that's going on with, with people ambushing them we need that to stop and so uh mike has introduced a couple of bills i believe to help those people and we'll probably discuss that and we'll discuss uh, some of the gun bills so tell me a little bit about micah gravely where'd you come from you've been here you've been a representative since uh january of 2013 well i was elected in 2012, 2012. and sworn in okay. in january of 2013 right. born and raised right here in georgia mm-hmm. uh, i was born over in decatur and uh Grew up in West Cobb County and had worked for many years uh, in the district that I represent now, House District 67. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I worked for Congressman Bob Barr, yeah. a great defender of the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And uh, matter of fact, I think that's where I first met Ed Stone. Could have been. Uh, or, or, and possibly even you as well um, on that campaign back in uh, 98, 99. Um, but, it, you know, I, Right here in West Georgia, that's that's exactly where I've grown up. Uh, happy to represent the people that uh, uh, of House District sixty seven. I've known them for many many years. I have a lot of family in Douglas and Paulding County. My mm-hmm. wife is a Paulding County girl, uh, the former Heather Butler, 
And so it's just an, a, a wonderful opportunity to raise our kids uh, right. right down the street from, from in-laws and cousins and aunts and uncles. Uh, and I love it out there. Yeah, you have a couple of girls, if I'm not mistaken. I do. I have three girls. Three girls, okay. Nine, eight, and five. Okay. I knew you had a couple. I couldn't remember how many you had, but uh, I only have two, so... God bless uh, you're you. You're ahead of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lucky me, huh? Exactly. <laughs> no, nah, you wouldn't take anything for him. I wouldn't either. You know that. Uh, mine are no longer kids, however. Mine are, are uh, uh, grown. Oh, uh, yes. My youngest one will be, she'll probably kill me for this, but she'll be 40 next um, next March. So, wow. Uh, still daddy's little girl, oh, though. Oh, yeah, still daddy's little girl. She still gets whatever she wants, but... Um, and that's the way it's going to be, and you know that. Oh, Nothing, absolutely. Nothing's going to stop that. But uh, they, uh, there are times when you want to wring their necks, and there's times when you <laughs> when you want to hug their necks. So, oh, yes, you know, times you just, where I just have to walk out into the yard. Yes, yes that's right. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure that there, there are times when uh, they want to walk away from us too as well. So uh, probably that door probably swings both ways. Absolutely. Uh, so why did you get into politics? You know, that was um, the question I've, I've been asked many times. And for me, it was from a, a young age. Uh, I can remember my dad uh, when on Ronald Reagan's first election. I was a young kid, and they had we, we were over at some friend's house. And I just remember the hysteria, the, the joy of them watching the returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a young age, I remember that. And growing up over, uh, my grandmother uh, had a home in Smyrna and one of the just the traditional old uh, front porches. My mm-hmm. dad's the youngest of seven. And on Sundays, we would go over there. My grandmother was the type of grandmother that always had food on the table. It was yeah. fried chicken or green beans was just always there. And we would congregate over there. And so growing up, that was how I spent my Sunday afternoons, right. playing in the yard and the creek, and then listen to my uncles talk about the, the current events, mm-hmm. um, national politics. And so to me, it was something that was not foreign growing up. I uh, had never been in politics growing up or anything like that until uh, I got to college. And then it just, you know, through what I was learning, what I was seeing, <clears throat> the, the national issues, we had just finished up the Gulf War. And so I wanted to, to get involved. I thought I had a, not really a, a responsibility but a duty mm-hmm. to get involved, uh, to, to do something to advocate uh, for the values that I had grown up with. Right. And the opportunities through several professors in college, I uh, went to college right here in the state of Georgia, uh, really opened up some doors for me. Uh, I'd grown up uh, knowing the value of the rights that we that are God-given mm-hmm. and wanted to do something to ensure that my children uh, would, would also be able to enjoy right. those God-given rights. And right. so it just kind of fell into place um, after college. I'd done a few things uh, on, on campus. Uh, dealing with uh, debates or trying to bring awareness uh, through, you know, political science and the mm-hmm. professors I was there with. And then afterwards, an opportunity came up to work on the reelection campaign for Congressman Bob Barr. And I started out as a volunteer mm-hmm. right in the, the Marietta campaign office, uh, lugging signs up and down the old 7th district from Floyd County all the way down to Troop County. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I loved meeting the people. I loved what was going on. Uh, at the time, to seeing Bob advocate, um, as he was a, 
tremendous supporter of the Second Amendment. So we would have folks like Charlton Heston or Ted Nugent Mm -hmm. coming in to do events for Bob. And this was this was how I grew up. So for me, that campaign was just like an extended family. Yeah. And it was something that I knew I enjoyed. I knew I enjoyed uh, being a voice uh, for those who would call into the campaign office fighting the good fight. And one thing led to another, and uh, God allowed me to continue to to serve. Well, good. That sounds that sounds fun. I knew I knew a lot of that story. I did't know all of it. I knew uh, I didn't know that uh, I didn't know that you were on a first name basis with Ted Nugent. <laughs> well, I don't know if he would know me from Adam's house cat, but uh. <laughs> he would probably know you as well as he knows me. I'm sure, uh, which. It's not. Uh, <laughs> at least he's seen you. I, I don't know how he would have ever seen me, but he's a great uh, guy. Great guy. Oh yeah, they are. Uh, those guys that 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 are really involved in it are mm-hmm. are great guys. They and no matter how big their name is, you know they're 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 huge guys in their own right, and then they're huge supporters of of our as you state God given uh, rights. And that's the thing that bothers me more about. What's going on in this country with the Bloomberg groups, moms demanding action, etc. They are willing to let a guy buy their rights, to buy our Second Amendment rights away from us without thinking if he buys this, if he's successful in getting the Second Amendment bought, what is he going to buy next? Our freedom of speech. All of right to trial by jury. All of them. All of those all of those rights will go. And you know, it's a great. Uh, I've always heard, especially on the campaign uh, early in in, in ninety eight and ninety nine. Once the second goes, the they rest will go. fall. They you all better go. believe it. That's the only thing that has kept the uh, the Bill of Rights intact exactly. is the Second Amendment. And yet, there are people out here that are trying to to steal that away from us, or buy it away from us, take it away from us through what I consider to be illegal acts, because. Gun control is, in my opinion, illegal. It's uh, the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. I don't know what could be plainer. There's only one place in the uh, Constitution where shall not be infringed is utilized, mm-hmm. and that's in the Second Amendment. But yet, people are willing to go out and march against us having our second, uh, being able to exercise our Second Amendment rights, and without thinking apparently what else is coming down the road. And as I have said in numerous occasions, I don't advocate that everybody carry a gun. I don't care whether you carry a gun or not. It's not my problem. However, I'm fighting for your right to make that decision for yourself. Absolutely. If you make that decision and you don't want to, that's fine. We're okay. But when the government says you can't do it, I'm not okay with that. And that's why every once in a while I do get a little bit impassioned about the the Second Amendment and what's going on in the United States. Well, Jerry, I, I can't thank you enough. What Georgia Carey does uh, at, at the Capitol, your advocacy, the team that you bring down, they're a great help to us. And we couldn't go back to our districts without the advocacy that you guys are putting in place through the newsletter, the emails, the Facebook posts. You know, it's interesting, and you've sat in those committees with me, uh, and you've seen these activist groups. Uh, you know, I've, what confounds me, really, is yeah. it's literally confusion because – what they're advocating for truly doesn't work. Right. It's hold, the, hold that thought. we got to take a break right here. Absolutely. Uh, GeorgiaCarry.org, uh, our website, and you get the news, uh, the commercial-free podcast at Newstalk1160.com. We'll be right back.
And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, once again, I will give you the number that you need to put in the uh, subject line of your email to me if you want to be uh, on the 100th program for GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. The number is one eight three zero six four one. It's one eight three zero six four one. Now I'm going to go back to my our guest here. We we were right in the middle of a a nice lovely discussion when uh, I had to stop us for a commercial. But you know, as uh, as Rush says, we have to pay for this program Absolutely. somehow or another. So <laughs> we have to take the commercial break. But uh, commence where you were, if you can remember. Absolutely. You know, you like I said, you've been in the committee hearings. You've seen yes. uh, the the vitriol, really, uh, right. of, of talking about an issue. I think a lot of times we're we're blamed about being intolerant or you know just so dogmatic. On I wish everyone could have seen the opposing side, those groups that were advocating against campus carry, those folks that are constantly down at the Capitol pushing for gun rights it's the antithesis of what they actually want to happen right they're thinking that all this advocacy if we can just curb how many what guns individuals can own who right. can own where they can carry how many bullets how many bullets there? the scary yeah. guns oh, you know yeah. it's yeah. it's amazing to me that they would just relegate us to a shotgun and a little revolver right. if well, they had their right if they and, had their way and they're only they're only as you know the laws are only aimed at law-abiding citizens they're really? not aimed at the criminals they have done none of the bills that anybody has put forth that i have ever seen would do anything to deter a criminal other than in some states, they have uh, increased the penalties for crimes committed with a firearm, which I'm not against that. I have no problem with that. I'm not against, uh, as a matter of fact, I've said on many occasions when I was asked what I would do about it, uh, when I disagreed with Obama in 2012 when mm-hmm. he came out with what he wanted to do, I said I would do away with a revolving door at the, at the jail. When you're so told you've got 15 years to serve, 15 years later you can come out of that place. Absolutely. But— we don't do that. We let them in, and before you turn around, they're back out on the street, and they're doing the same thing. They actually, you want to curb gun violence? You keep those that have been put in prison for breaking the law. Right. You put you keep them off the streets, and you'll see gun violence go down because they're illegally carrying, they're That's illegally correct. using, they're they're not law-abiding citizens. That's right. And the very thing, you know, you look at any country, you look at any of these cities at where the, the gun control has been promoted. Oh, we've gotten guns <laughs> off the street, like Chicago, for instance. Like Chicago, like any of these places, they're the most crime-riddled cities in the world. That's correct. And, and what's the crime of choice? It's gun violence. That's so correct. where are these guns coming from? If all the law-abiding citizens are abiding by the law, then who's who's committing the crimes? The, One the of my criminals. favorites. The criminals are. <laughs> you're exactly right. It just doesn't work. You know, I. Uh, folks like to joke about Kennesaw or whatnot, but I actually pulled up all of those articles, that ordinance. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, to this day, Kennesaw's crime rate remains lower than the state's. That's correct. And, 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 and I don't understand. John Adams uh, had a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, it says, facts are stubborn things, right. and whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates or, of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts That's and correct. evidence. And when you look at this gun control crowd, those that are down there saying, I mean, we were called cowards oh, yeah. uh, on that Second Amendment committee oh, yeah. that I was put on that Chairman Powell had created. Yep. Cowards, uh, 
you know, idiots for doing this stuff, the the anger and the tension that you could see on this. They their argument does not align with the facts. That's correct. It just and it will doesn't. it won't it won't it will in never. In fact, in fact, one of the things that they've done in the past is a lot what the uh, Democrats are doing today. Every time they turn around, they're throwing something up. You know, here's another thing against Trump. Here's another thing against mm-hmm. Trump. Here's another thing against Trump. And the the gun control people have, of course, now they they're no longer gun control because that doesn't buy well, real well. They're gun safety people. Exactly. But we've invited them to gun safety programs. Common sense gun safety yeah. people, right? And um, uh, those people uh, don't understand. Um, that that what they're doing is heading in the wrong direction. They're not trying to get anything done. They're, you don't. If I came down there and acted like they do, we'd never get a gun bill passed. Absolutely not. It, it's just not going to happen. When you have anybody, and I don't care what your your uh, what your your subject matter is, what your goals are, when you don't treat people like human beings. When you tell them how stupid they are because they don't feel the same way you do, you're not going anywhere. I don't care who you are. It's just yeah. not going to happen. If you can't smile at somebody and shake their hands and say, let's talk about how I feel about things, and then walk away, shake hands, and, and walk away, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and my grandmother so many used people to say, don't, believe, don't understand that. They don't. My grandmother used to say, you catch more flies with honey That's than correct. you do vinegar. You're exactly right. And if, if I can't sit down, and, you know, there was a lot of times where we were just, uh, the, the, the folks that wanted to speak in that committee hearing, um, Moms for Common Sense, Gun Control, or some of the sponsors of the bill, we treated them with respect. Right. We let them all say their that's piece correct. because that's their right. That's correct. They are, they are come down there. That's the people's house. They have a right to sit down there and give us their opinion. And I'm going to listen to it. I want to know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I adamantly disagree with what they're saying. Sure. And I'm going to fight for my side, uh, for the side of the Constitution and the people's right to keep and bear arms. But we did give them the respect uh, that we thought. Uh, you, you treat somebody the way you want to be retreat, the way you want to be treated, and you know. Afterwards, we were able to have conversations, and people. I would catch people in the hall. I didn't run out of the committee. I didn't right. run to my office. I wanted to continue to have this conversation and ask and to really dispute a lot of their arguments. One of the right. things that were said was, "If campus carry passes, uh, we're just going to be giving guns to all these college students." And I thought, well. Where where did that come from? Are all these college students are going to be open and carrying on the campus? And I thought, have you read the bill? No, they haven't. They haven't. They hadn't taken no, one look at it. They have not. And and the the problem with the people on the other side of this issue is they deal in emotions. We deal in facts. Exactly. And everything that comes up. Well, this could happen. This could happen. This. The world could end tomorrow, but it's probably not going to. Yeah. And if it does, we still got to live till. Till it does end, so we make the best of it and move on. And the, another thing that I say too about about approaching your uh, senators and your representatives, mm-hmm. even if they don't agree with you on gun rights, you still should make an enemy of them because there may be something going on in your county or your neighborhood that they have a vote in. And if you can go down and speak to them in the same manner that this is what this is going to do to my property, this is what it's going to do to my community, I want you to look at this, my school, then those, yeah. people, those people will listen to you. 
and they'll respect your input. And it may come down to, to they don't really have a position on the bill, but due to the fact that you've been in there talking to them and treating them with respect, they're going to say, well, you know, Oh, Jerry wants that done. Maybe, you know, I think I'll just vote for this. You know, I can vote either way, but I could vote for this just because of, of the way he's been down here helping us. And people don't understand that. People want to, to work with their friends. Now, you don't have to be friends to get a bill passed. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get anything started, you, you kind of need to, to know who you're talking to and be respected by them. Absolutely. I'll I give you a great story on that. Um, one of the offices I work in, uh, here in Atlanta, um, for an association uh, I carry every, mm-hmm. every day, and uh, some of the folks that I work with um, at first had expressed, you know, why why do you carry? What you know? Why is there a need? You know, mm-hmm. we, we're in a parking deck, you know, and I, you know, I thought, you know, I I grab my sidearm just like I grab my watch, sure. my wallet, and my cell phone. And if I if I leave one of those when I leave the house, I feel naked for the day. Right. Um, and or I'm I constantly turn, thinking about it. Or I turn around mm-hmm. and go back and or get right, one. Turn around and go back, <laughs> uh, which is now why I've decided to keep one in the house and one in the truck just in case that happens. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for the last uh, several years, um, you know, and, and I know that there had probably been um, some concern, you know, what, why, is that, why is that needed here, uh, until we had a break-in in the office. And we were actually uh, in the office. Someone came in unbeknownst to us, took a computer off the, one of the desks, and left the building. Uh, and then there was, you know, a couple of crimes, you know, kind of around the block right. where our office is. And the, that individual, who I know had disagreed with me, <clears throat> and we had had multiple talks about it, and essentially it had come down where it just had grown up in a home where it really wasn't a lot of exposure to firearms, right. really wasn't a lot of that teaching or right. just education right. told me and had I, I looked back told me i feel a lot safer right with you in the office and matter of fact micah you've displayed a proper handling of the firearm a very uh, professional attitude right. back and forth had i ever been disrespectful had i ever spoken down or yeah. you know uh, griped at that individual yeah. as opposed to having a an on-level, respectful conversation, right. I don't think they would have ever gotten to that point. I don't either. And I think uh, if you go back and look at, at our history, at GeorgiaCarry.org's history from when we were changing bills, one of the things that we told everybody was be respectful. Do not go mm-hmm. out and act like an idiot because people out there will see you and those people vote. We don't want them to do that. And I think that our our uh, actions have allowed us to get more bills passed. We're coming up to uh, our break at the end of this segment. I want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org. You can sign up. You can renew. You can find out everything we've done. You can follow us on Twitter at georgiacarry. Uh, and uh, go to newstalk1160.com for the commercial-free podcast. And we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. Jerry Henry with uh, Micah Gravely. I want to give you the number one more time that you can put in your uh, address, email address line, your subject line. Uh, and send to jhenry at georgiacarry.org along with your name and address and how to contact you uh, to be the 
one of the two 100 uh, show guests. Uh, the number again is one eight three zero six four one. It's one eight three zero six four one. Now back to our original talk here. We were uh, talking just before you you came to the, or before we came to the break. There, you were talking about how you had uh, you had changed someone's view on gun rights, uh, the way that you carried the gun and the way you acted yourself, etc. Uh, and I I have tried to do that. And one of the things that I'll tell you, and I, I won't tell you the name, but there was a lady Democrat uh, representative that was semi. I don't think she was against guns as much as the Democratic Party was, mm-hmm. and being fairly new into the to the representative business and uh, being a representative, um, the party, as you know, has a lot of control over you when they start spending money on whether you get reelected or whether you exactly. get primaried, etc. So I think she was kind of uh, neutral on it on that, uh, basically for that respect. But she was not a great pusher of gun rights. However, we had several discussions, and we knew exactly where each one of us stood. And, and I would make points, and she would say, well, yeah, you know, she would agree. We would, we'd go on. Uh, the day that she sent me, I got up one morning before I heard the news, and, and I noticed there was a, a note on Facebook that said, I think I now understand why church carry is necessary. And that was the same day that the guy went in in Charleston. Yes, the Methodist Church, or the uh, is that a Methodist? Any rate, the church in Charleston, Mm -hmm. and shot those nine people. I believe it was. Yes. All of a sudden, it made sense that you know the people in there that didn't have guns, there was nothing they could do about it. And the ones that were in there, had they had guns, they wouldn't have been shooting the other people. The only thing they would have tried to do is protect them. And at least it stopped the carnage. That's correct. You know, I went through the Hiram Citizens Police Academy. And, uh, you know, I, I personally, uh, I don't believe it should be legislated uh, because I think the, the statistics show that those who have a GWCL, gun owner, law-abiding gun owners, they enjoy shooting their firearms. That's correct. They self-train. That's they go correct. out. They're members of gun clubs. They go out on the range, they, their farms, wherever it may be. And many and many of those kids were raised around guns. That's exactly right. So a lot of them have been taught the proper handling of a firearm, how to load, how to break down the firearm. Right. Um, but I, I, I took it upon myself. I just it, because of my support for law enforcement, uh, Hiram Police Department offered a Citizens Police Academy, and I thought, wow, this would be fun. So I was actually part of the first class, mm-hmm. and we went out on the range one day, and just in in knowing. When the sergeant was talking to us, he said, mentally, these 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 criminals choose places they know right. are unarmed. They know the folks there are prohibited from defending themselves. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the moment someone fires back, mentally they shut down. They cannot continue the carnage. They right. cannot continue hurting or killing people if they know there's going to be opposition. Right. And I thought to myself, wow. Had you know, Specifically, take Charleston, for example. Right. Had someone turned around and just even fired a shot in the direction, would that have disabled well, this, there was this a, individual? There was a shooting in, um, in a mall, I believe, in Kansas City, where the guy came in. It, it was not a shooting. It was going to be a shooting. Mm-hmm. Guy walked in. He had an a AR-15, and he was ready to start shooting, 
and a, an armed citizen saw him and pulled his gun, and the guy saw it, and he committed suicide before he shot anybody. And that's what they Wonderful. do. If you look at the majority of those guys, I, I think it's something like 95 96% of the mass shooters commit suicide when they are faced with force. Cowards. They are cowards. So my statement is, hey, let's meet them at the front door. Let them get it over with. Absolutely. Don't, don't put everybody else's life at risk. And, and, you know, and there's a lot of people. I've, I've heard this several times. Probably you have as well. Uh, those that were not uh, firearm friendly, as I like mm-hmm. to say, are, are, are Second Amendment advocates. Uh, over the years, the same as this other individual I told you about, having created a relationship and, and, and in, some, in some ways, I believe, having kind of increased their level of familiarity or maybe mm-hmm. yeah, being comfortable mm-hmm. with me around carrying a firearm, have said, well, I, you know, I, Micah, I've, I'm getting closer. I understand why uh, that, uh, the Second Amendment is important and the, the need for law-abiding citizens to defend themselves. You know, but I still have pro- – you know, I'm okay with you carrying right. a gun. Right, But I just don't know about all these other – but at least we have gotten to that point to where they're not looking at me right. in, a, in a negative uh, context. I, I had a reporter uh, back with HB60. She would call me quite often, and we would discuss things. And she'd say, well, this is not right, and I would explain it to her. And we'd get through that. And she told me one day on the phone. She didn't put it in an article. She told me one day on the phone. She said, you know, when you explain that to me, it sounds safe. It sounds mm-hmm. right. But she said, I just can't wrap my head around, you know, other people doing it. It's kind of like, if you want yes. to do it, I'll, I'll go along with you doing it. But there's other people out there that are doing it, too, and I'm not sure that I want them to do it. And and I think that's kind of a – that's one of the reasons that we all need to be gentlemen and, and show our respect for the farm and, and the way we carry it, et cetera. Uh, but it, it's – and I have friends uh, that, that I've known for – 40 years, that they will tell you they don't want a gun. Mm. But they want the Second Amendment, and they want me to have the right to do it. Absolutely. They want the right if they change their mind to get one. But if they don't, it doesn't matter. And that's the way it should be. Absolutely. You're right. And one of the things that, that I think that we need to get back to in, the, in our schools, when I was a kid, we were taught about our rights. And I was taught something that I have not heard anybody else say hardly in years, and that is that my rights end where yours begin, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Just because I have the right to free speech, but I can't interrupt everything that you say. I can't yell I fire right in a movie to, theater. Right. I, well, you can if there's a fire. but <laughs> If there's a fire, yes. <laughs> I, that's one of my, I, I, that's one of my <laughs> if stories. If there's a fire, I, absolutely. Uh, that, 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 we, we can even discuss that, but... Um, uh, the uh, now where did you get me? You got me got me all. What are you talking about? Here? My rights in right, where your rights that's begin. True. But if you look now, everybody wants to scream. I've got rights. I've got my rights. I got my rights. Well, you do have your rights, but you have the responsibility that goes along with protecting everybody else's rights, Absolutely. not just your rights. There are more people in this country than just you. And uh, there, so, a lot of these protests happening around the country. If it's a lawful protest. I'm 100% sure. behind it. Sure. I will fight for those individuals, even though I do not agree with what they're protesting for. That's correct. I will fight for their right to do it mm-hmm. because that is their right. That is their right. And a mutual respect of honoring my rights 
upholding your rights. That's correct. That's exa- That's how the dialogue needs to be. And that's the way. It, that's the way the country should work. Um, now I said I was going to talk about something else there just a while ago when we were talking about what we were taught in school, um, but I'm not sure what that is either. It's coursework of what you learned <laughs> and what's being taught today. Well, that was what that was one of the things I was talking about is is what uh, rights actually mean. And they they should mean the same thing to me as they do to you. Mm-hmm. You don't have the right to walk over me. You have the right to own property, but you don't have the right to do anything on my property. You have the right to do it on your property, on your property absolutely. And you can't do something on your property that's going to interfere with my rights. But one of, oh, I know what we're going to talk about, or what I want to talk about is is what you said. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will tell you that well, there are no no uh, absolute rights, and one of the reasons is that. Uh, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. So that means that your First Amendment right is not sacred. Well, that's not true. The purpose of the First Amendment was to protect me from the government. Exactly. The government can't censor me. Now, if I do something that's stupid, that's a different story. But if we can go back, if you remember, I don't know whether you were uh, old enough to remember, when I first moved here in 1978, uh, there was a guy running for governor by the name of J.B. Stoner. I, I know the name. Well, I was, I seen, was four years old. You should have seen his commercials or listened to his commercials. Were they bad? Uh, they, every other word was started with an N. Oh, okay? no. Okay? Yeah, that's not And they, the TV and the radio program had to come on every day before they played those, and they would do a disclaimer, and they would tell you that we don't want to run these. This does not reflect our views in any way whatsoever, but the Supreme Court has ruled that you cannot censor a political uh, announcement or a, a political advertisement. So, therefore, we have to play this. So, if the Second Amendment or if the First Amendment did not apply, guess what? That would not have applied to that one. I can assure you of that. Absolutely. So, uh, it, it's just uh, and people say that though that meaning that well, it's not absolute. Well, it it is absolute. It's absolute for the purpose that it was intended for. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, all the rights are absolute, although – and just because the Supreme Court makes a decision that, hey, it's really not absolute, that doesn't mean that – to me, the Supreme Court has made uh, more than one mistake in some of their <laughs> oh, – some, some of their dealings. So uh, I, don't, I don't buy it. It's just uh, – it's one of those things. Uh, not gonna, maybe not go there, but <laughs> uh, we are coming up to break – uh, right now, uh, I want to remind you about the commercial-free podcast from Newstalk1160.com, uh, GeorgiaCarry.org, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Jerry Henry with Micah Gravely. God, Guns, and Gravely. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, I need to give you the number one more time so that you can't say I didn't do it enough. The number is one eight three zero six four one. It's one eight three zero six four one. And if you get to, if you get lucky enough to be the one hundredth guest, I'll explain to you where that number came from. Excellent. <laughs> uh, we were talking during the break, and as we've said, and I've said on other shows, uh, 
some of the best uh, some of the best radio goes on during the breaks and never hits the air. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we want to we want to talk about a little bit about that. I, I wanted to say one thing too about uh, one of the things that I noticed when you walked in with your cigar. It reminded me of another guy that. Uh, has a cigar in his mouth all the time, and and uh, he has a little bit louder voice than either one of us uh, us do. But uh, he's recuperating from his knee replacement. Yes. Alan Alan Powell, uh, Chairman Alan Powell. He's uh, I talked to him uh, last week, and he's doing a whole lot better. But it, it's been it's been rough on him. And uh, I uh, I don't know if you saw the I had a, a guy give me a walking cane. It's got a a hame on it that goes on a, a uh, harness for uh-huh. a draft horse. And he saw it and said, man, I need one of those. So uh, I contacted the guy that made it, and we got him one. That's, and that's he, awesome. he said he said the other day that if it wasn't for that walking cane, he would be in tough shape. <laughs> he is using that walking cane now, and he has to. But he's he's still in the, uh, in the physical therapy, but he's doing a whole lot better. Good. And, I'm sure uh, he said that a little different. Than a little bit different. But, for you know, radio. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we censored that one ourselves. We didn't uh, have to go to there. Quick story about uh, Chairman Powell. Um, I went to Emanuel College up in northeast Georgia mm-hmm. at Allen Powell's district. Mm-hmm. My first trip to the state capitol. Yeah in 1997 was with alan powell matter mm-hmm. of fact got the picture um and we stay we have stayed in contact ever since then and so i consider it an honor uh to serve not only in the legislature with him but to be on public safety and then to have been uh, appointed to the second amendment committee yeah subcommittee well he and i have made good friends over the last several years and and we stay in touch all year long it's yeah. not just a it's not just a general assembly thing. It's a it's a friendship Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, he is well. a dear and, friend. And he is a, he's a, a nice guy. Uh, we were talking also during the break about um, about some of the things that you do. I know that you every year you have a uh, big fundraiser. Normally, it's a barbecue of some type over in Paulding County somewhere. We do. do you want to yes. discuss that? Yeah, we do. We 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 switch between Paulding and Douglas every year. We started this. Uh, Congressman Tom Graves, Congressman Lynn Westmoreland. Uh, all of them have been out uh, to support it. Congressman Bob Barr has been out in the past. And every year, uh, we, re- we don't charge anything for the barbecue. Uh, if people give whatever they feel like they want to give. Uh, but the theme of the barbecue is God, Guns, and Gravely. And we usually do it at a, a local farm. Uh, we've done it at the gold mine, uh, Pine Mountain Gold Mine Museum over in Villarica. Mm-hmm. We've done it at the town of Why Not uh, mm-hmm. up in North Paulding. Um, and, and it's just a, a wonderful opportunity for community to come together. We usually have a bluegrass band that plays, and uh, I, I enjoy it. Every year it's an opportunity for me to just be a part of the community. It's the community that I represent. It's my family. It's my friends. It's those that I uh, see at the Capitol, those that I see back in the district. And it's every year the numbers go up. Uh, and it's a great time. It's a yeah. good family-friendly event. Well, I've intended to make some. I just have not not had it fall on the right day where i can do it it's well you know a, you're always invited well I, I and i know that I've, and i understand that and I, I appreciate that yes sir uh i uh i always uh, feel comfortable with you and and talking with you and being around you it's a thank you jerry you're a nice guy thank you brother. so um and uh what else have you done uh, in that district? You said something about the Governor's Gun Club. We did. We, uh, two years ago, we did a fundraiser at Governor's Gun Club uh, where we had um, some of the local folks that worked with the uh, owners over at Governor's, and they were extremely um, welcoming to us. 
we came in, did a, uh, hot dogs and hamburgers out on the patio. It's a great facility right, uh, right there on the Cobb Paulding right. line. Uh, they came in, and we had folks that had never shot a firearm before showing up. And got them in there. Governor's goes, does a little quick uh, video that you need to watch. So it was it's a safe environment. Right. The family was out there. My right. children enjoyed it. Uh, and people brought their kids. Mm-hmm. And we had several lanes that were open. Uh, I brought several firearms that people could try out. You could rent firearms there, and they right. gave us a great deal on that. And people stayed and talked and shot and laughed, and we had just a great time. Matter of fact, I've had folks ask me, are you ever going to do one at, at, at Governor's again? again? so we can come back. Exactly. And it was uh, – it, it got folks in. And the whole purpose of it was not only I love firearms, I love shooting, but it was also to uh, open up an opportunity for maybe those that aren't familiar right. uh, with firearms right. or as familiar and they came out, got on the lanes, and had a lot of females. Right. Uh, my wife had invited several of her friends. Uh, she has, My wife has shot there. Uh, she did fantastic, uh, by the way. But it was just an opportunity for us to have good fellowship, good food, and, and shoot guns. Yeah. And a lot of the females walked out saying, man, that was fun. Right. I had a good time. Well, you know, we've, we've said for a long time one of the best ways to turn an anti on your side is take them shooting. Absolutely. Once they shoot and once they realize that, what it's like uh they're they're total gun nuts from then on absolutely i had a, i had a lady that that uh, one of my horseshoeing customers that uh the first time i i went out there i told her when i got through she wasn't there when i started but i normally tell people right off who i am and that i'm with georgiacarry.org and i carry a firearm and some people i give people the opportunity to say well i don't want one on my property well, I'd gotten through doing her horse, and, and she came up, and I explained to her what I did, and I went around to the front of my truck and do like I always did. I put my gun on and walked back to make an appointment. She said, mm-hmm. you do have a gun? I said, yeah, everywhere I go. She told me that she did not like guns because her husband had committed suicide in front of her, and I oh, thought, no. oh, boy, this is not going well. And uh, so I thought, well, I probably won't get invited back here, but I did. And the next time I went back, she started asking me more questions about the rights. And I told her just what I've told you today. I, I, I'm for the right. I want you, if you don't want to farm, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I want you to have the right to make that decision. Absolutely. And we talked. And she had a place on her property that a couple of women had uh, rented and basically just tore up. And they stole a whole bunch of stuff from her. And these were some pretty good-sized, mean women. And this lady wasn't all that big. And um, so she she traced down where they had taken the stuff to the pawn shop and had them arrested. And she called me a day after I'd been out there, and I thought it was a lost shoe or something. You know, I just didn't want to hear about it. And when I called her back, she said, "It's not about it's not about the horse." She said she told me what had gone on, and she said the judge asked her if she had a gun, and she said no. And he said, "Well, if I were you, I'd get one." Yes, absolutely. And the sheriff said. I I agree with him, and he said, if you will, uh, he said, as a matter of fact, I've got a little uh, thirty-eight special revolver that I will sell you at a very cheap price. And so she called me to see if that was a good gun for her. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, next time you come out here, you got to teach me how to shoot it. And I did. And uh, the last time I saw her, which was a few months later, she had a, an armadillo problem. And she started paying a kid that worked for her that was in high school to shoot the armadillo. She'd give him like 10 bucks every time he shot an armadillo with a 22. And then she decided, 
this guy's having too much fun. She went and bought her own 1022 and couldn't wait till dark. <laughs> she, so she, she ought to be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, that's how you turn people around in this thing. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, I can't stress enough. I'm a, a big believer in safety, respecting that firearm, right. knowing right. the firearm. And, you know, we have to be mindful every time. We have to know our rights. We've right. got to know the law. But we also have to know we're in bat- the world's looking that's at correct. those of us who – our firearm enthusiasts, right. advocates, we've got to con- conduct ourselves in a professional, respectful manner because you never know who you're going to have an impression on. That's correct. You're exactly right, and you don't get a second chance for a first That's impression. exactly right. So if you mess it up, you mess it up. We're going to be leaving here in a minute. Got anything you want to say? Uh, Jerry, I just want to say this, georgiacarry.org, uh, the premier uh, gun advocates, Second Amendment advocates, uh, at the Capitol. Thank you so much for the work that you do. We've have the privilege of having a James Camp uh, out in, in, mm-hmm. in our neck of the woods over in Villarica. Uh, but just appreciate the support that you offer those of us in the legislature fighting on behalf of the Second Amendment to uphold and expand the Second Amendment. I want to thank you for the work that y'all do. Well, uh, thank you're you. a good friend. I appreciate being here today. It's always a great opportunity uh, to come and talk about Second Amendment rights and just enjoy the fellowship of a fellow gun owner. Well, we appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words, and and uh, we do it for everybody. You know, it's not just for us. We do it for everybody. We want it want it done, and we want it done right. Uh, and I uh, thank you for being on today. And uh, I've had a, a very good time. I want to take this last few seconds to remind people: go to georgiacarry.org. We have everything we've ever done on that website. If there are any questions you have, you can get them there. Uh, you can join. You can renew. You can get the uh, commercial-free podcast at Newstalk1160.com. I'm at GotYourBack64 at GeorgiaCarry for Twitter. We'll, be, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only, on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.